There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this series that we began on last Sunday. It is entitled Seeing Others as God Sees Them. At the beginning of this year of 2020, we adopted the theme for this ministry, Perfect Vision. And in that theme, we said perfect vision was seeing as God sees, having no idea that we would be faced with the 2020 that we are now dealing with. Seems as if God prepared us uh, to see things a little differently in this year of 2020. Perfect vision is not seeing like you want to see it. It is not seeing as what benefits you, but seeing as God sees. The first series of this year was entitled Seeing Ourselves as God Sees Us. And now in this second series as it relates to the subject for 2020, it is entitled Seeing Others as God sees them. Just as it is important to see ourselves as God sees us, it is just as important to see others as God sees them. There are 12 messages in this series that we will share with you throughout the rest of this year. Our text for this second message is a familiar text. In fact, I preached from this text five years ago in our Miracle Worker series that was in 2015. It was March the 15th, 2015, that I preached from this same text. And God, as I was putting this series together, Spirit led me to revisit this text. In fact, to revisit the subject from from the message that we preach in 2015. St. Mark chapter 3, bear with me with my voice today uh, on this. The first through the fifth verse, the New Living uh, Translation. St. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 and through verse 5 through the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy Word, Amen. Verse 1 of chapter 3 says, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Verse 2, since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they, the enemies of Jesus, Plan to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Note verse 3. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics. Jesus turned to his critics and asked them, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life 
or to destroy it. But they would not answer. Verse 5 is where the subject for today's message is found. He looked around at them angrily. And Jesus was deeply saddened by their hearts. Then he said, listen to this, to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Hold out your hand. So he held out his hand and it was restored. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject, show me your hand. Show me your hand. These words, show your hand, are often used to indicate the disclosure of that which had been previously a secret or something that has been held back. Listen, when one is advised doing any type of negotiations, and I've had the opportunity to be in negotiations both as being a private business owner and certainly as one of being an elected official, part of negotiations is that you hold back. You don't always give your best argument up front. You wait and hold out for a better deal. But when you're in negotiations and it's almost time to close the deal, you often hear the expression, now show me your hand. Tell me what you have. Tell me what you're holding back. They're usually being asked when we hear these words to disclose our true intentions, to let it be known what we are holding on to. Listen, some people unfortunately believe that showing of one's hand can expose one's weaknesses. There are those who believe to show one's hands exposes one's struggles. It exposes one's shortcomings. There are so many people that are holding back. They are not in the business of being totally transparent because they don't really want folk to know what their shortcomings are. And in negotiations, sometimes it's not revealed what your hand is simply because you don't want folk to know what you don't have. You don't want them to know that you perhaps don't have uh, all the things they think you have. I'm going somewhere with this. We're often told that it is not always a good idea to expose our struggles and our weaknesses. I'm talking from a personal 
basis. We, we are given this advice because of the fear that by doing so, listen to this, we may allow others to take advantage of our vulnerabilities. There are some people that says, I hold back because I don't want folk to know what, what my weaknesses are because people will take advantage of your vulnerabilities. There are some people that are so boastful and they're so loud, uh, but yet they have nothing because they put up a good front. But the truth of the matter is there are a lot of people who are a mile wide, but an inch deep. In other words, it seems more dynamic than what it actually is. And there are people who are really good at trying to fake it and never make it. They're really good in putting up a good front. But listen to this, my brothers and sisters. However, sometimes, this is the heart of the message, the most transparent we are about our struggles, the more others are willing to comfort and assist us. Perhaps the reason why some people are so hard on others is because they know you are fake. Even if you don't know they know you are fake. Listen to what I'm saying. I didn't say you did not know you were a fake. You know you are fake. But what you don't know is that others know that you are a fake. Because we're not willing at times to be transparent. Yes, my brothers and sisters, sometimes you must be willing, we must be willing to show our hand. Listen, I believe that this is even more important. I believe that this is even more so the case when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. One of the things that I am convinced that God detests is hypocrisy. He detests those who try their best to fool God. How can you fool God? How can you box with God? My dad used to say all the time, your arms are too short to box with God. And so it is so important as it relates to our relationship with God that we are open and we are transparent. It's one thing to try to fool church folk and one thing to try to fool the public. But it is impossible for you to fool God. The Bible says he knows our downsettings and our uprisings. And even if we make our bed in hell, God is always and already there. Listen, throughout the Bible, God often responded with grace and mercy to those who were open and transparent during their times of hardships and struggles. There are so many examples where God responded with grace and mercy when we are open. There's a wonderful reference of scripture in Psalms 51 uh, verses 3 and 4. 
the New Living Translation. David, having sinned before God, having been caught red-handed in his sin, having heard the man of God say to him, to his face, you are the one who did this, and God knows about what you have done. David writes this in Psalms 51, verse 3 and verse 4. Verse 3, David says, for I recognize my rebellion. I recognize who I am and what I've done. Then he says, and this is why I like the New Living Translation. He says, it haunts me day and night. Verse four, David says, against you and you alone have I sinned. Look at the next uh, sentence in that verse. I have done what is evil in your sight. In other words, David was totally transparent with God. Perhaps that is why he writes in Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because grace and mercy follows transparency. There's a wonderful scripture also in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. The author of the book of Hebrews writes this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, he writes, we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. <laughs> when we are boldly coming before God, not with the lies and not with uh, faith praise and not with faith repentance. But when we truly say, God, here I am with all of my struggles and all of my weaknesses, I need you in my life right now. And if you don't do it, it will not be done. When we come boldly before God, God can help us. God is a very present help in our time of trouble. And so as we, as we live our lives, as we think about our relationship with God, perhaps God is saying to us that I am ready to bless you when you're ready to come clean and show me your hand. Let us turn to the text. As we turn to the text that God has given us for this message today. And as we examine what it teaches us concerning the importance of being open and transparent when we truly need a blessing from the Lord. Let me stop right there and ask a question. I don't want to assume that you need anything. If you need a blessing from the Lord, uh, if you are open and transparent, God will bless you right away. That is how you get your next miracle. You've got to be open and transparent. Look at the text. Our text today involves an encounter between Jesus and a group of what I've described as sanctimonious, hypocritical religious leaders. They're known in the Bible as the Pharisees. Yes, unfortunately, we've got some Pharisees in 2020. 
We've got some folk in 2020 uh, that is a mile wide deep, but an inch thick. We've got some folk who can quote any scripture you want, and they will argue with you about theology day and night. And we've got some folk that are so wedded to the doctrine that they forget the humanity of transformation. That was the case in our text. Seeing a man in the synagogue with a deformed hand, these religious, these sanctimonious, hypocritical leaders tried to take advantage of this man's situation to entrap Jesus. They wanted to have a theological debate with Jesus. They didn't care about this man. They didn't see the man who was in need. They saw an opportunity to win an argument. And so they asked Jesus, was it legal to heal this man on the Sabbath day? They knew the answer. They were scholars. They were well-learned men. They wanted uh, to try to bait Jesus into an argument. That's why I tell those all the time that I've reached a point in my life at this stage of where I am, I don't get into theological debates with anybody. I don't even get into doctrinal arguments with anybody. Somebody tried to trap me into, well, pastor, how should people baptize? I said, you better go find somebody else to have that discussion. My mission is to change lives, not to sit down and waste hours of my time arguing with somebody who does not want to be convinced but want to win an argument about theology. That was the case with these religious leaders. They saw the same man that Jesus saw but note this they didn't see or care about his need. In fact don't miss this they saw his need as an opportunity to further their agenda and not to do any good for this man. And so they asked Jesus, they knew the answer, was it legal to heal on the Sabbath? The Sabbath law stated clearly that one could only be healed. This was the Old Testament law of Moses. One could only be healed on the Sabbath if their life was in danger. In other words, you couldn't even try to heal somebody from an illness that did not threaten their life. So they thought, we've got Jesus now. If Jesus sides with us in the law, then he's just like us. Uh, his followers would say he's no different uh, than the rest of you, or the rest of the religious leaders. But if he sides with this man, then he is breaking the law. Uh, for it seems, and this is the part that, that really disturbed me, it seems as if these religious leaders of the first century, and perhaps even the 2020 year, uh, valued their traditions and their doctrine and their laws more than the well-being of their neighbors. Can I say something to you? If you treasure your church's traditions 
more than you treasure the possibility of transforming lives, then you are a 2020 Pharisees. If, 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 every, if your whole organization, if your whole mindset is based on doctrine, then you are a 2020 Pharisees. They, they could care less about this man. They cherish their tradition and their doctrine. And that's why I often tell people, challenge us. Even me as a pastor and others, and they do, and I'm often challenged by my sons, my wife, church members, and others, young adults, and I, I, I love them. I want to be challenged to be able to see as God desires for us to see. They saw an opportunity to win an argument. Jesus saw an opportunity to perform a miracle in this man's life. Jesus saw this as an opportunity to show these religious leaders, please don't miss this, that a miracle for this poor suffering man was more important than their archaic, religious, useless traditions. Jesus says, this man's hands mean more to me than your Sabbath law. Ah, And so they thought they were entrapping Jesus, but Jesus was about to embarrass them. Let us look at the text. Verse 3 of the text is so powerful. For Jesus says to this man, and now you have to understand this, and I want to put it in some context so you can understand. To this point, this man had been just hidden away in the crowd. Uh, perhaps with his hands under his garment, he didn't want to be noticed uh, because he had a weakness. And in those days, anybody with weaknesses, anybody with deformities were looked upon suspiciously and they were looked upon as not being worthy even of the attention of the religious leaders. So this man, note where he was. He was in the synagogue. He was there to worship, but he was there in the crowd. He was there in the mix. Uh, he had not asked Jesus for anything. <laughs> he, he had not thrown himself in the argument. He had not thrust himself in the middle of this controversial discussion. He was just minding his own business and others wanted to use his weaknesses to prove their egotistical point. Uh, but Jesus changed the narrative. He was about to change the script. Please go with me, don't miss this because this is important for our deliverance. Jesus says to this man in verse number three, he said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. <laughs> Listen to the instructions. I need you to do something you had not to this point been willing to do. <laughs> Come and stand in front of everyone. I know perhaps you are somewhere in the crowd because you are embarrassed about your situation. 
But he was now being asked by the Lord to put aside his shame and come forward simply because Jesus asked him to do it. No other reason. Uh, Jesus didn't explain his instructions. He didn't say, if you come, I'll heal you. No. Jesus says, I'm going to test your faith. And I know to this point, you don't want anybody to know who you are. Uh, but I'm asking you to do something. Sometimes God's instructions and God's assignment to our life doesn't come with explanations. Sometimes the Lord asks us to do things that just does not seem right in the sight of other people. They don't understand what you're doing because they have not received your instructions. Note what God said. Jesus did not ask everybody in the synagogue with an issue because see, he wasn't the only person in that synagogue that had an issue. There are a lot of people with deformities, a lot of people with illnesses that would come to the synagogue. But Jesus said to this man, he says, come and stand in front of everyone. I'm going to test your faith. I'm going to ask you to come out of your comfort zone. Come out of the bubble. Come out of the protection of the crowd. Come and stand in front of everyone. And then verse number five. Here's the message. Here's the message. Jesus says, uh, Jesus looked around. The text tells us Jesus looked around and saw in verse number four uh, that others were, 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 were judging this man. But verse number five says this in the text. Jesus says something so profound. He then tells this man to do something that he really did not want to do. If you think he didn't want to come up front. Imagine what Jesus was now asking him. So use your spiritual imagination. Go with me for a moment. He's in the crowd. Perhaps his hands hidden. And Jesus says, come and stand in front of everybody. So he comes and he stands in front of everybody, but his hand is still hidden. <laughs> that what he was struggling with is still not seen by others. I feel like preaching. And God says sometimes we're standing in front of people, but they don't know what we're going through. God says, here you are standing in front of everybody, but nobody knows your struggle because your struggle is still hidden. You're standing there, but you're not totally transparent. And then Jesus asked him to do the one thing that he dreaded the most. Hold out your hand and let the world see what you're struggling with. Hold out your hand so that everybody in this temple, everybody in this place can see what you're struggling with. This man could have, number one, not even come forth. Or after he came forth, he could have said, now that's too much. 
Lord, I didn't ask to be a part of this discussion. Uh, that's too much. But something inside of him trusts the fact if the Lord is asking me to do it, he's about to do something great in my life. Who am I preaching to? I'm preaching to somebody right now that God has said, come out of the crowd. And when you come out, show me your hand. Hold out your hand. The other good part that Matthew Henry makes in his dissertation of the text, he says what Jesus was really asking him to do is show it to me. Forget about all these other people that are around you. They're not asking you to do it. Show me what you're struggling with. Show me what you're dealing with. Show me what keeps you up at night. Show me what brings tears to your eyes. Show me what you pray and pray for. God, if I was just like everybody else, show me what you desire of God if you thought you can get a miracle. A miracle is when God can do it and nobody else can do it. But God said you gotta show it to me. Hold out your hand. Hold out your hand. You're standing before the Lord right now and God says somebody hold out your hand. You're struggling right now, but God said, hold out your hand. God said, you're standing before me right now, and I'm a miracle-working God. Hold out your hand. Forget about the neighbor on your left and your right. Forget about what people on social media say about you. Hold out your hand. Say, Lord, I need a miracle right now. I need you to do something right now. Have your way, Lord. Somebody say, have your way, Lord. Come on and say, have your way, Lord. Every now and then, you got to throw your hands up and say, I don't care who's looking at me. I need something from the Lord right now. Come on, come on, that night, ask God to have his way. Have his way. Move right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. Jesus was asking this man to do what he had avoided doing perhaps most of his life. Ooh, show me what you're struggling with. Bring your burdens to me. And then the text says, Ooh. and the text says, uh, when he asked him to do that, so the man held out his hand. Ooh. Good God Almighty. What would have happened if he kept his hand hidden? He would not have been restored. So the man said, all right, here I am. Look at me, Lord. I've got a weakness. I've got something that embarrasses me. I've got something that perhaps my family is not even proud of. But here is my hand. And so the man's hand was restored. One of my favorite biblical scholars, Herbert Locker, says this. And his hand was perfectly restored. Ooh, uh, 
In other words, it was made new. He looked at his hand and his hand was now new. Look at this man. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I went through all of this, but now it's over. Struggle is over. My hand is now brand new. God is challenging someone right now in the midst of what you're going through to show him your hand. Listen, as as we prepare to conclude this message today, I want to leave you with these three key takeaways. And take your phone and take a picture of it and go back and download it later even after the service. Three key important takeaways that God is speaking to us about as it relates to this message. I love this text. I love this text so much, Pastor Magnet. when, when I knew God wanted me to include it into this series, I began to rejoice. Because see, I, I'll confess, there was a point in my life in which my hand was hidden under my garment. And God says, if you're ever going to be delivered, if you're ever going to be who I want you to be, come forth with all your weaknesses, with everything you struggle with. Take away number one in this message. We all have our hidden struggles. This is not relegated to just one man. All of us have things in our life, perhaps that we have gone to great lengths to make sure that nobody knows about. (laughs) Yes, if the truth be told, we all have our closets. And what gets me so angry, what makes me so angry, Pastor Willamay, is this, is that so many people judge other people by what's in their closet, knowing that they've got a closet full of stuff also. And if God was to mark iniquity, who should stand? Listen. I'll go down, talk about my ministry and anything you want. I will go down giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, saying that God loves everybody and God wants to save anyone, regardless of what their struggles are, regardless of what they're dealing with in their lives. Because the truth of the matter is we all have some. We all have things that are hidden away in our closets that we don't want anyone to know about. And here's the second key takeaway in this message. Sometimes it is good, oftentimes it is good to be transparent about our struggles, particularly if it can demonstrate to others uh, the power of God to heal and restore. When others see what God did to your deformed hand, and somebody else says, if he healed your hand, he can heal my heart. (laughs) Somebody says, if he made a way out of your life, if he bought you out of alcoholism, he can bring me out of drug addiction. 
Somebody else says, if God can do it for you, if God can transform your life, God can certainly transform my life. Come on, worship team, as we prepare for the last one. And then here's the third and the final takeaway. And this one, I pray, bless you in such a powerful way. If you need a miracle, if you need, remember how I defined a miracle, my oversimplistic definition of a miracle is simply a God-only thing. If you need a God-only thing, something that only God can do in your life, I can't bring my family back together, but you can. I can't stop what I'm dealing with, but you can. I can't conquer my desiring flesh, but you can. I can't stop the habits that uh, have ruined my life and perhaps my family's life for generations, but you can. If you need a miracle, perhaps God is waiting on you to show your hand. Perhaps God is saying to you, I already know what you need. See, here's the key to this text. God could have healed that man while his hand was still in his pocket. Because Jesus is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. The holding out of his hand wasn't for Jesus. And in fact, to a certain degree, it wasn't even for that man. It was for others to see. Look what the Lord has done. And so if you're in need of a miracle... If you're in need of God doing a God-only thing, somebody say God-only. A God-only thing. I need a God-only thing. Somebody throw your hands up and say, I need a God-only thing. Only you. God, only you can save my children. Only you can deliver them from the bondages of what they're going through. There's some people right now that are dealing with fear and fear has paralyzed them. And I understand this in this COVID experience. There's some folk that have been paralyzed. And listen, Dr. Cedric and others and Dr. Eric Williams who sings on this choir, goes to this church, trained psychologist. They all would tell you this, that fear sometimes is worse than the virus. Because fear paralyzes us. Fear keeps our hand hidden in our pockets. And say, so I can't do it because I'm afraid of what's going to happen. But if you are in need of a God-only thing, I'm speaking to someone right now. If you need God to cast out all fear, if you need God to make a way, out of nowhere hold your hand up tell the Lord here I am tell the Lord I need you Lord I need you I need you I need you the old church song of the church said I need thee 
oh, I need thee. I love this song because it expresses the sentiments of my heart. Every hour, Lord, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Lord, I come, I come to thee. Come on, Chevelle, and tell us. I need Show me your hand, God says. Come on, somebody, right now, wherever you are, God's speaking to you. That young lady, that young man, God says, show me your hand. Speak, Lord, to somebody right now. I need Y'all excuse us, I oh, feel something right now. Oh, bless me. I'm transferred to your house. I send it to your house right now. Lord, I come to thee. Come on and tell him again, Chevelle. I need Clap those hands and say, Time. 
me to do some of you right now you've held back you you've not trust God all the way and although you are standing before him your hand is still hidden under your garment but I'm hearing God says on this Sunday morning at 1220 on the 13th day of September in the year 2020 show me your hand take your hand out of your pocket take it out of your hidden garment stretch it before the Lord and say here I am Lord God I, I need something from you I'm here to tell you that the only way we get a God only thing is that we've got to trust God when you can't trust anyone else Ooh. Esther could have stayed in her bubble but she would not have fulfilled her assignment this man could have kept his hand hidden but he would not have received his miracle God is speaking to someone right now in the midst of everything you're going through God says show me your hand close those eyes there's a number on the screen call that number right now listen if you don't have a church family and it doesn't matter where you are amen this is a virtual invitation to anybody anywhere in the world and you need someone to be your spiritual covering and you need someone to pray with you and for you pick up the phone right now and dial this number 888 776 one two three eight if you're listening by way of radio dial this number right now and it doesn't matter and listen we have so many people who write us although they are incarcerated i want you to hear this invitation if you need a covering just write us get a message to us and we're not ashamed of your condition or your situation we see what you can be and what God is going to do in your life. So anyone, wherever you are, stand before the Lord and say, here I am, Lord. And when you do that, God will bless you with the God-only thing. Close those eyes. Join us in prayer. Eternal Father, we thank you for this second message in this series thank you for instructing us to revisit this text thank you for reminding us that sometimes in order to receive our miracle our God only thing that we have to show you our hand and so here we are Lord Lord we need you somebody needs you right now somebody who is so paralyzed that they can't even do anything need you right now somebody who's so afraid of what others may say about what they're struggling with needs you right now Lord here are our hands stretch forth stretch out to you and so have your way move in a mighty way to that brother and that sister who's incarcerated and perhaps they are worried about their lives as COVID wrecked the prisons. Ooh, cover them, Lord. I send your blood to places of incarceration where people are. They may not be able to leave, but you can get to them. 
God, we put the blood on the doorpost and say, cover them right now. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Someone's life is being transformed right now. Someone who started this day with a struggle and a deformity, someone who started this day with a weakness, we're in this day with a miracle. It is already done. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. Come on, call that number. We'll leave it on the screen. Here I am. Say, here I am. Here, here I am. I am to Pick up the phone right now. Call. Here I am to bow. Right now, here I am. To say that you're a God. to be saved right now you want to commit your life to the Lord here I am Listen, before we offer the benediction, I want to personally thank all of you again for your faithfulness as it relates to this ministry. And I want to remind you again, as I will every Sunday up into November, to participate if you can in this faith offering. Whatever you may have, it may not be as much as you desire, but whatever you have, you can text to give and Listen, if you are a member of another congregation, you know from day one, from the 17th of March, that Tuesday night in which we did our first service, we ask you to sow your tithe and your offering into your local church. But we're asking you that if you've been blessed by this ministry to just sow a seed, a faith offering, it can be $7, $10, whatever you have. Be a part of what God is doing. If God's word has blessed you, then you ought to be a blessing to God. And we will use this offering to, to do kingdom building things, to, to do what God has asked us to do. Since the pandemic, we've fed people every week. We've taken water to senior citizens and food to their houses. And we, we've helped people buy medication. We've helped people find places to stay. Amen. Because that's our mission. Amen. Amen. Just because worship is not open to the public doesn't mean ministry is not open to the public. Amen. Ministry is always available to the public and we say thank you. And we're able to do that because of your generosity. So before you log off, amen, just hit that button and send something and go to your phone and just, just send whatever you can. To be a blessing to this ministry and we want to remind you that on this coming tuesday night we will be live 
our special Tuesday night Bible study that's entitled Words to Live By, a study of the book of Proverbs. And on this Tuesday, we're going to look at that iconic verse that's in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's our text for this Tuesday night. Join us again. Come on, worship team, as we go out. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. May God bless you and your house and your family. There's a God-only thing coming your way. I just believe from the depths of my heart that somebody this week can get their miracle. We thank God in advance. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen, amen. God bless you. like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Be sure not to mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.